Now, boys, don't get into any trouble while Mommy and Daddy are gone. And don't make a mess. Do you like parties? Yeah. We can invite all our friends and have soda and pie. Yeah! I hope no bad people show up. Now pity the fool. Living in the 80s. My name's Casey Kasem, and I'm all set to count down the most popular songs in the USA. I want my MTV! Does Theo Huxtable live here? Just say no. Hello, all. Face, you're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. Woo! It says 100% guaranteed, you moron! Hey, where's the meat? I'm a very lucky woman. So am I. Live from Members Only Studios, welcome to Living in the 80s, a podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with the 1980s. The best that we remember. Welcome back, Pure Energy. Oh, it's good to be back. It, it is, is great. Good to have you. It's great to be here. It and is. did everyone have a great Thanksgiving? Fantastic. It was good. Yeah. Good to be with family. Yeah. Oh, that's... <laughs> I'm tearing up. That's beautiful. <laughs> that is beautiful. We had such a positive review of the last podcast and when Matt was talking about E.T. Come back again. That was, uh, that was a, a highlight. We don't get too emotional on here much. but Try, try to you know, keep it together but uh, sometimes it gets you. <laughs> It's the best of you. <laughs> All right, so this week we're going to do something that we've kind of talked about doing for a long time, but just never really have. There's probably a reason for that. Yes, we are four of the <laughs> whitest men ever. Midwestern in America. Yes, and we're going to be talking about rap music. Yeah, yes yeah. we are. I, I tend to try to get experts on this subject here, but... Every expert I know are like, I'm going to be on your podcast. Are you stupid? So, yeah. Yeah, we are four white guys within close proximity to cornfields, a lot of pickup trucks. Um, yeah. yeah. But you know, if we were to rap, it may sound oh. something like this. I'm white, I can still rap Negro. Joe Piscopo, <laughs> comedy legend. Yeah. Uh, this was had been around forever. Kevin dropped it in our group chat last week. And that song has gone through my mind for years. I couldn't remember where it came from. Yeah. And uh, so thanks, Kevin. It's been in my mind ever since. So, <laughs> Joe Piscopo, everybody. Can any of you rap? I can't sing. I can't rap. Can dance. Can you dance? Can you now? <laughs> it doesn't come across on a podcast, though. Can you break dance? No, really, no. You know what? I I have been unloading things from the house here for a yeah. while. I've got a pretty large piece of cardboard in the garage. Oh, uh, I'll yes. bring it out, man. You can. At our age, that to be dangerous. Mm, top Paint. rock, break dance, baby. I just have a hard time getting up off the cardboard. <laughs> man, you ain't kidding. And there's no spinning spinning around on my head on this one, so not happening. So I do the worm and it not no, more like the tortoise. I still <laughs> want to see you dance right now. <laughs> I do. I want to. I want to see the rhythm take him yeah. and then see where it goes. You never know. Yeah, we'll just let it play out. Let's yeah. see what happens. It's yeah. great. So nobody can rap. No, absolutely. Not. No, no, no. Mm-mm. Nope. I'm not even gonna in my mind, in my mind, I'm. Phenomenal. I'm so good. Better, so better good. singer than rapper or better mm, rapper? I'm than... equally awesome. Like when I take a shower and I sing or I rap, 
I freaking bring it. I do. I mean, I'm awesome. But um, I don't know that I would share that. Before we go there, though, we are going to do a little... 80s Rewind. All right, boys. We're, do- we're doing that again? <laughs> again. Are you kidding? It's almost like we do it every week. Oh, Isn't that insane? That is insane. Wow. All right, so we're going to go around the table here. Matt, tell us about something 80s that happened to you this week. Well, it, it happened actually just today. Um, my um, soon-to-be 15-year-old daughter. Happy wow. birthday, Grace. Yeah, about time this drops. December 8th is her birthday, so it's coming oh, We'll probably have a couple podcasts before yeah, that. Okay, yeah, Grace, I take it back. Take it back. Um, but yeah, so she lost her phone. Couldn't couldn't find it, and I, I, it still may be lost. Is that her week. rotary dial phone she lost? It is not. She keeps it on her hip with a long yeah. wire. It's a, can you imagine that? That's got a visual. Uh, but no, so she lost her phone, and she still has her iWatch. Um, but so she goes all through school. And then I uh, picked her up after a basketball practice, and she was trying to let me know what time they're getting out of practice, and was trying to communicate, and she was just, when I picked her up, she was so frazzled, because it was like, I couldn't contact anybody all day long. And I just stared at her as she was venting, and I'm like, how do you think we survived the 80s? She goes... I would have never made it. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't even know. You would have had better survival skills, yeah. Grace. Did she not have any quarters with her to go to the payphone and call? I don't know. Yes. Know. Is there a payphone? Is it a quarter? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. A dollar, wow. fifty cents. What would it cost now? It, it, it is something. This the the kids today, or adults as well. We are so connected with technology. I mean, so connected. And then to to have that taken away, just even momentarily. It, it's uh yeah. We still have to do our podcast here with with the youngsters. Yes, we do. Yeah, yes, we, we do. do. Grace and her have game. to do that in the very near future. Yeah, maybe Christmas break or something. Christmas break would be ideal for that. That's I think. Good call. Kevin, I know you're prepared. I am. Every day for the last several months, I've been doing Wordle, the New York Times Wordle. Mm-hmm. Every morning I wake up, that's one of the first things I do. Yesterday's word was tawny. That's what came to mind, and I started remembering her her videos mm-hmm. and and her her hood work. Her hood work, that's right. <laughs> She's just scraping that thing into pieces with those heels, but he didn't seem to mind. Acting and career. Bachelor party. Yeah. Oh, she should have won an Oscar for Bachelor Party. Yeah. Seinfeld. Amazing on Seinfeld. I don't remember her on Seinfeld. She did a B movie called Crystal Heart. Anybody remember that? No, but I remember no. her in Witchboard. And she was in Witchboard. Yeah, yeah see? So. Yeah, she got around. So that movie freaked me out. Speaking, yeah. Speaking of 80s things. That, that was a pretty... That was... Yeah, that was a pretty creepy movie. Wow. But she looked good in it, so... Yeah, always. So, Tony. Take the good with the bad. Yeah. yeah. Tony Katane. Yeah. R.I.P. Snowball, I know you've got a great 80s rewind moment. Sure, why not? Well, when you think of the month of December, don't you think of it as the month for weddings? You typically do, I think. Yeah, June. A lot of people get married in December. (laughs) June and December, so uh, this coming weekend. (laughs) You got something? No, it's just funny. June and December is like... (laughs) June and December. That's the two big months, right? Yes, they are. So my son is getting married this upcoming weekend, and then a good friend of mine... Is getting married in a couple of weeks. So. Interesting. Oh, very cool. So, Snowball, I want to know What's how this ties 80s? to the 80s. Well, I was thinking about the great weddings of the 80s. You had Luke and Laura, of course. That was a huge wedding. But the ultimate, the wedding of the century, Chuck and Diana. So, oh, yes. So, 1981. Uh, so, I... I had to look it up. I'm like, okay, well, here's how much my son's wedding cost. How much did Chuck and Diane's wedding cost? It was, in today's dollars, $135 million. Million? Million. $135. million in 1981, $135 million in today's dollars. $800 million viewers, which was nearly 20% of the Earth's population. Wow. So here's my issue with that. That's money blown because that wedding didn't last or that well, marriage didn't last. According to Diana, many years later, she said it was the worst day of her life. Diana, what you doing with a guy like 
imagine yourself wow. waking up next to King <laughs> yeah, Charles. That would mm-hmm. King Chuck. King Chuck. <laughs> so, wow. so if you had taxpayer money, you could also have had a bigger wedding. I mean, that they're, is, they're, that's they're not true. A whole lot of, I didn't they, think they of it that way. It's yeah. free money. Yeah, it didn't yeah. come. I can't imagine came what out of there. What the commoners pay for it. Right, exactly. exactly. Wow. Those suckers. Actually, <laughs> 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 believe a king and queen are royalty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whatever they want to believe. <laughs> so did any of you guys watch? get up and watch oh. that wedding? I, uh, you know what? I caught it on TV because I, I, I got done with my paper route and... Uh, I knew it was on, so I just turned it on, and yeah. I, I didn't actually watch the wedding, but they were like a big procession down the street, and like, oh, okay, and that's about, I, mean, I yeah. checked out. I mean, even in 81, I, um, like, you know, 14 years old, I remember on a Saturday morning, I was at my grandparents, and I got up and turned it on because it was on all the channels. I mean, there's no cartoons on that day. It was right. just mm-hmm. checking out on all the How channels. How they take off 80s cartoons <laughs> for that? That's what I'd like to know. Shame. Well, he did kind of look like a cartoon character, didn't he? He did. <laughs> Face. So, yeah, I, I caught some of it, Sorry. too. Sorry. So. I, I know that King Charles is an avid listener of the Living in the 80s <laughs> podcast. He we're knows just, we're kidding. We're just kidding, kidding Your Highness. We're just kidding. We go way back. All right. It would be interesting to find out if there is some celebrity somewhere that tunes in and listens yeah. to us. This our- is what I this is what I want to happen here. So we've got the Living in the Eighties Facebook page. If you are a celebrity of whatever status, I want you to get on the page, put on there, I want my Living in the Eighties podcast. Oh, and I like that. And then we're gonna find out. We'll judge if you're actually a celebrity or not. You know, <laughs> well, the bar's probably pretty low. Yeah, so I did a local television commercial. Yes. <laughs> okay, so we can we can gauge it. Are they gonna be like um, like local celebrity level people, like a news person? Mm-hmm. Maybe John Schneider from the Dukes of Hazard listens Maybe to John us. Maybe John likes us. That'd Maybe awesome. Tom Cruise listens to us. We give him enough. Yeah, Props. <laughs> yeah, we give him enough props, except for Snowball here about you know the great movies he's done. I mean, people that could or should like us locally, Stacy McKay, she should be. She, she should. should. Well, she she's should. on the Living in the Eighties Facebook page. See, there, I bet maybe she checks us out. She might. You know, I bet if Prince was still alive, he'd listen to us. You know, he would. so would Michael Jackson. Bingo. I have to ask who Stacy McKay. What? Are you for real? She's on oh, the morning drive, Sunday 95. Oh, okay. She came to our church years and years ago. Yeah, Matt, I, Matt's I the one who brought her. You're the one who brought her? I saw her singing something downtown, and I was like, hey, I got a little youth group here. <laughs> yeah, it was Dino and Stacy back then. Yeah, and so she, okay. she sings Christian stuff, and so she came and she did a little something there at the church, and uh, yep. uh, I was a little. Enamored by her, starstruck a little bit. Yeah, sent flowers to her. I think maybe afterwards. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. She regrets to this day showing up and talking yeah. about Christian radio. She actually then then left. WTLT the light. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then she yeah she left uh, Dino Stacy and did the Christian station for a while. Well, she did the Christian station first. Then oh, she yeah. did Sunday ninety five. And then, and then she, she went, went back to Christian radio, radio, then back to Sunday ninety five. Wow. Yeah. yeah, she had a little journey. Okay, thanks. Sweet gal. Yep, yep, yep. We're Facebook friends. That's lovely. So, Stacy, we would call you a celebrity. So get on there. Tell us who, you know, I want my Living in the 80s podcast. <laughs> we should trademark that. Yeah. My 80s rewind moment uh, came courtesy of my grandson, Zeke. Hmm. So Zeke is three, and he is... Just awesome, full of personality. He's a handsome little fella. He's not a bad little singer either. Oh, yeah? So he likes to sing, and one song that he learned... Do you guys remember Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop? Yes, we do. Well, in 1988, she had this little ditty called The Song That Never Ends. Mm -hmm. So here is young Zeke. Giving us his rendition of the song that never ends. This is the song that never ends, going on and on, my friends. Some people started singing it and not knowing what it was, they continued singing it forever, but just because this is the song that never ends. That's awesome, man. That's, that's, good, that's good stuff. <laughs> and, and I want to thank you for putting that into our skull. 
Because that song will now probably live rent free for a while. Yep, about 2 a.m., 3 a.m. <laughs> I'm going to call you. All right, Singing I'm going to let you know. And I'm going to start singing it to I'm you. I'm going to take you off of my favorites <laughs> so that I will hear you ring when it's in. Some on your favorites? Oh. Oh. I'll let it go to your head. <laughs> yes, that was Zeke. You know, I had to share Chip off the old block, that boy. Well, I don't know about that. He can actually sing <laughs> better than me. But uh, yeah, thank you to my daughter Kayla for sharing that with me. That was my 80s rewind moment. Now we're going to take a brief timeout, and we will be right back talking all about our favorite 80s rap songs. Hang tight. Welcome back to Living in the 80s. As promised... We are going to be talking about some of our favorite rap songs. Now, we have to put the disclaimer out. We kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. That we are just four white dudes that, you know, we pretty much listen to rock and roll and so forth. And, I mean, I'll, I'll be well, honest. Let's be honest. We like Yacht Rock. We do. <laughs> We're pretty, pretty strong Yacht Rock. When the Yacht Rock episode podcast come out. That's like, you know, woohoo! <laughs> it's like, now there's something yeah, I can get behind. Let's talk about God, bro. <laughs> uh, so, I guess, when did you get introduced to rap music? I'll tell you the first time I heard rap music. We were on a retreat with our church youth group, and we were on a nature hike. And there was a, a guy, a kid, that was with us. His name was Steve Wiggins. Rest in peace. And we're walking on this trail, and he is reciting all the words to Rapper's Delight. <laughs> now, I had never heard this song, never heard of this song, never heard rap or of rap. I knew nothing. Mm-hmm. And he's doing this. I was just like, what in the world is this? He goes, it's called rap. Hmm. I'm like, I never heard of it. He's like, well, you know, it's just, it's our music. You know, he's African-American. Mm-hmm. And he uh, just went on and was doing this whole rap. And then later on, I heard it. And he was pretty dead on. He almost all the words. So he was a very funny guy. So that was my first introduction to rap music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I remember in, in, the, in the youth group setting as well. But I think, I, I mean... I think it might have been Paul McNeil. <laughs> I think I, who is maybe wider than all four. He's yeah. wider than all four of us combined. But I, I, I just remember him because and we uh, we had nicknames for each other. And his his was P A W. He had like a rap name. P A W Paul. That's right. But, but uh, I just remember him. You know, he was. Uh, you know. His family is very musical, and he's and not, also very white and very white. This is and John McNeil's brother. Yeah, and, and John he, he's White not yeah. musical at all. But but he, I remember him rapping. I mean, you know, my name is Slick Rick, not Frosty Flake. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I just stuck in my head, and it was just so. He did do that. I think that was his one thing he did yeah, all the time. Yeah, like that little that bit. line. That yeah, he might only know like nine words of a rap, but but uh, but he owned them. He owned them. He owned them. And uh, yeah, it was it was uh, kind of kind of funny. And I, but I remember when I first heard rap, I remember thinking like, you know, they're not singing; they're just they're just talking. Like that doesn't take any talent. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, remember, and I remember thinking because at that time I was surrounded by a bunch of people that did sing, and so like they all sang, and I thought this is for me. This is my niche. <laughs> this is where I mean, because if all you gotta do is talk. You don't I have to carry talk. a tune, right? No, you, you really don't. Tune. Just be rhythmic and speak, and I and I. And that I, rhythmic part was a killer. Still problem there. <laughs> but but I, I remember thinking at the very and, and I wish maybe I would have pursued. But I mean, at that very onset, I remember thinking, "Well, all my buddies sing, they harmonize and do all that crap, and they sound good." Blah. But I remember thinking, maybe this is something that the the common dude who could just talk. This will be my thing. Then obviously it never did, but I mean it was just. And then, but I remember thinking. Then I started thinking. I wonder if this will stick around though. This is a fad. This ain't gonna last. You know yeah. what I mean? This is just yeah. this ain't music. Well, I never thought it would last. I thought like you. I thought it was a fad. Like oh, that's cute. It's rap. It's yeah. It stuck around. I mean, it's still to this day. I mean, well, oh, when, probably, when did you first hear? 
probably like 82 art gave me this cassette and there was a song on it called your mama it was like seven minutes long of, of them just cutting on each cutting down each other's mom so yeah. you, know, you always had your mama jokes going yeah, up. Right. they made it into a, a rap yeah. and uh, and i just remember that i was like well that's that was different you know <laughs> <laughs> From 1982, that was Woof Ticket. W U F T I C K E T. Woof Ticket. Your mama. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that is a classic oh, wow. old school rap song. Wow, All that's right. a new one. It's new to me. I think. Thank the Lord for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's new 42 years ago. Yeah. So, Snowball, what about you? Um, grew up. Very Midwest, obviously, just like you guys. Um, 98% white school. So uh, very blue collar. So the bands were Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden. And, you know, I really didn't enjoy that world. I always felt like I kind of lived in two worlds. I was a country club kid in the summer. But I was also, you know, playing AAU basketball and doing AAU track. So I kind of had two worlds. So going to all these different basketball tournaments, you had a lot of this downtime and start hearing this music you never heard before and you're like that's cool that's great oh look at these moves i didn't know i had oh, here we go. <laughs> there it is then again. you get out on the court little spin move <laughs> that little floater down the lane <laughs> two oh, so yeah when he says floater he's not talking about going to the bathroom I don't <laughs> think. I don't. Oh, that's good. all stuff. right so we're gonna go uh, before we go on talking about our songs here, we're going to do like a, a brief little history lesson on, on, on rap music. Oh. So just a few minutes, just you know, kind of origins of rap, so to speak. Uh, hip-hop, also known as rap. Now there's point of contention. Some people say rap is not hip-hop. Hip-hop is not rap. For our discussion today, we're going to morph them together. The very first time of record that anyone had actually heard rap was August 11th, 1973. Wow. There was a DJ called DJ Cool Herc, and he was the DJ at his sister's back-to-school party. He extended the beat of a record by using two record players, isolating the percussion breaks by using a mixer to switch between the two records. His experiments with making music with record players became what we now know as breaking or scratching. This is the widest description of rap music (laughs) and hip-hop I have ever heard. Yes, it is. So what's this cat doing today? What is that Uh, dude, the pioneer, the godfather, if you will? So he's originally, he's Jamaican. He's now 68 years old. And today, I don't know what he's doing. But he's kind of the one getting the little momentum started. It started in New York City. Started in New York City at somebody's birthday party. Yes. How cool is that? Yeah. That that's your birthday party. That this whole genre of music started. I mean, how cool is that? That's pretty cool. Rob, I'm going to have to disagree with you. Oh, In 1936, boy. the Royal oh, Harmony Singers <laughs> were known as the first rap. They were actually a Christian gospel group, and that guy did a little rap during their song. Really? Really? Okay, what's the song? We'll cue it up here. We'll play it and see what we've got. Simply called Noah. All right, let's give it a listen. By the grace of God, when the ark was done, God's voice was heard. He said, Now, Noah, let me tell you what to do. Call in the animals two by two. So he called them in the ark. Two by two, he called the birds. The ox with the kangaroo. Then he called in Jephthah, the ham and sham. Then God began to flood the land. He raised his hands to heaven on high. Shook the stars and moon from the sky. Shook the mountain, he troubled the sea. Hit the wind to his chariot wheel. He stepped on land, stood on the shore, and declared that time. 
Well, we found out from our listening here that they changed their name to the Jubilaires. I could definitely see an influence there. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah I'm not going to lie. Uh, I mean, again, this was kind of singing a little bit. But then all of a sudden, that, that, that dude comes up on the verse. And, uh, yeah, I think he kind of, uh, I think he rapped. I think he rapped, 1930s. I think he did. I think he rapped. I think he did. Yep. And it was so popular, no one tried it again for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, they knew they couldn't match that. That's right. It was so it took good. 40 years to get that good. <laughs> I mean, Elvis ripped off their sound. And, yeah. And yeah, it, it did sound like the Jordanaires. Very so. much so. Very much. Well, let's not get nasty. There's no reason to I'm get just nasty. stating the fact. <laughs> Matt will start taking this stuff personally. Let's not, let's not get nasty. So, for our purposes, for our conversation today, so not disagreeing. However, when we start thinking about rap as we know it, more than you know, just the rhymes there, uh, we'll say early 70s. So it, it starts to get momentum. But you know, here in Midwestern United States, we're not hearing anything like this. No. No. And, uh, yeah. So fast forward a few years, and the music is getting some momentum, starts getting a little bit of radio play. Yeah. Yeah. But even still... We weren't hearing a lot of it, and then it just—it seems like once it started getting played on the radio, it really started getting some momentum. So what we're gonna do? Again, I can tell you when I first heard rap, I thought it was you know more of a fad like we discussed earlier, but I, I was not really a fan. I, I didn't really like it. As time went on, I started to kind of listen to it a little bit, but I, I really dismissed it as a music musical form. Like, I didn't really... It, you didn't respect it. I, no, right. You're right. I didn't respect it. I, I just saw it as, like, oh, let's rip off some other people's music, drop a drum beat behind it, and then just you know rhyme over top of it. Until you find out how difficult that really is <laughs> and then you i personally began to appreciate it a little bit still wasn't the hugest fan but as you know all these years later and as time has gone on i hear a lot of that stuff from back then that i would have very quickly dismissed i'll be honest it's like i like it i like a lot of that stuff from back then just like the music from the 80s i prefer 80s hip-hop over whatever this modern stuff is that they call rap and hip-hop i mean you know the kids can have their music that's all good but uh for us we're going to talk about some songs specific songs that we point to and we say hey these are these are our favorites if we're going to pick a favorite out of this genre it's going to be these right here so without further ado we're going to start off with kevin all right so kevin literally all right so similar to snowball uh i went to an all white school. You you had a little bit of you had three percent. Yes, segregation. So uh, <laughs> I or sorry, yeah, where I went, Taze Valley, hundred percent white. So mm-hmm. and I must say, for you to be at an almost all white school and be named Snowball, kind of shows how white you were. So <laughs> the whitest of the white. Yeah. yeah. So, so I started working at Nationwide in '85. I mentioned this in a podcast a few back a few. Uh, Weeks back, I started running around with a couple of guys that were, were black that, you know, was a new experience for me and kind of started hearing some the music that they were listening to and which kind of started influencing what I, what I listened to in like that 85, 86, 87 range. And I heard a song by UTFO called Roxanne, Roxanne. Yeah. UTFO made up of four members Kangle Kid, Educated Rapper, Dr. Ice, and Mixmaster Ice. Kangle Kid, Dr. Ice. (laughs) (laughs) I am impressed. Because I always enjoyed that song, but I never thought any of you guys would have ever even had a clue what that song was. I actually had it on an album called 
history of rap part one. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and we'll listen to this song. So Roxanne Roxanne, the, the premise behind this are these members are all trying to pick up this girl named Roxanne. So like each verse is another one trying to like win her over, you know, trying to figure out how they can land a date with this girl, score a date with her. And Kango's the first one. He tries to pick her up. He gets shot down. Then Educated Rapper, Dr. Ice to go next, then Mixed Master Ice shoots them all down. And at the end of the song, they've decided, they've concluded that she must be stuck up because she doesn't want to be with any of them. Of course. Can't be their skills. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no. It must be her. It's not, you know, it's not them. And so that was that was my song, Roxanne Roxanne by UTFO. Very nice. good. I'm impressed. Way to bring it, Kevin. <laughs> uh, well, mine is... is um... It's about bringing personal experience, right? I'm not trying to... I mean, I was looking through all the... It's sad that as as who I am, I had to Google top rap songs in the 80s just to get a, you know, to an assortment to choose from. But I, I, instead of just picking the cool ones, uh, there's, there's a bunch that you know I remember listening to. And, and through sports and basketball, there's some that just seem to make you do layups better and stuff like that. And once you're on... You know, playing the the sports and stuff. However, um, my personal experience, though, um, w- was with the song "Cool It Down" by New Edition. This song right here, it's just not no hardcore. This isn't no, uh, you know, hardcore uh, streets of the of the Bronx, and you know, this isn't the Compton kind of uh, kind of rap music. But this was what I, you know, this is what we listened to in Obets, okay? <laughs> this is Obets this rap. This is Obets rap. Uh, I remember Todd Rogers had this song on a 45, and, and I just remember him playing, you know, I, we, I'd be over at his house and he'd play this song, and I just remember thinking it was the coolest song. Now, it's not a whole rap song. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sweet little song, you know, it's about... Uh, the, the dude's liking this girl, but but the, the guys are saying, dude, you just need to slow down. You need to cool. You need to cool it down. Ooh, watch out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it's, and and but there's two raps in that song, and I mean, I just the, there's those were the moments as I was reflecting earlier. Those are the moments where I thought I might be a rap star. <laughs> I because mean, I pretty much you know I, I had I had I had these two down, and so I just remember me and Todd we would play this song on repeat. And we would just, I mean, no, we would be straight gangster. Obet's gangster. I mean, we're like, you know, mm. Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike. I mean, <laughs> we were hard. Right here, green and gold. And- oh, it was great. It was great. But, this, but I, I remember this song very well. And, uh, the, you know, this group has their own story in the whole music world. You know, Bell Bit DeVoe come from all these guys. And Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown doing whatever Bobby was doing. Crazy, crazy little group, but uh, <clears throat> that was my my you know one of my favorite songs as a kid growing up. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good song. I always enjoyed it. Yeah, sure, it was good. Don't yeah. hate that song. Kind of childlike. I mean, it they is, were. It was. Oh, there we go. Tresvan's voice. I mean, he sounded like he was four. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. still sounds like that. Does he really? How does he do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, this song, it's a great club song. It reached number two in 1989. Only to be up by Paula Abdul's breakthrough song, Straight Up. Not to be confused with the Trog's Wild Thing, we got Tone Loke, Wild Thing. Took to the hotel. She said, you're the king. So be my queen, if you know what I mean. And let's do the wild thing. Wild thing. And how disappointed are you, Rob? <laughs> the look on your face says, I just we waited all this time. a little more obscure for me. I, I, I'm going to say like it. Like, bring it, educating us, bringing us something. That, like, I'm bringing this back to you, low-hanging fruit. 
It, it is That's low. exactly what it is. Yeah. We just high-fived. Yes, it's exactly what it is. Uh, I understand. I about NASA or Rocky or something easy. Oh, it's a low-hanging fruit. You said here, favorite. You didn't say the, your most obscure, your hidden gem. Okay. If okay. you had said that, All right. you would have got something different. You said favorite you know rap what? song it, it, of it the is, 80s. It is. Author's discretion. So That's you, right. Sir, go right ahead and okay. talk about this song. So this song also inspired Wilt Weird Al's first rap parody, Child King. Um, the song actually uh, used some uncredited samples from Van Halen's Jamie's Crying. Because they really didn't think it would be that big of a song. So they didn't feel the need to pay the $20,000 <laughs> fee for crediting a song. But instead, paid one hundred eighty thousand dollars to settle a lawsuit out of court <laughs> with Van Halen. So, um, the music video itself was kind of a ripoff too. It was basically uh, Robert Palmer's "Addicted to Love" kind of redone. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're saying Tone Lowe didn't have a lot of original ideas? That could be true. But the song title is a huge hit. great song. And a lot of they used it in a lot of different soundtracks. Uh, you got uh, Uncle Buck in 1989. You have Bedazzled, Charlie's Angels, and the Angry Birds movies. Actually, I have a favorite line in the song. Kind of reminds me of back in the day going to the mall, shopping at the mall, looking for some gear to buy. I saw this girl. She gonna rock my world, and I had to adjust my fly. <laughs> Very poetic. It is poetic. Very poetic. I'm sorry, Sharon. <laughs> so for me, uh, I went way back in the '80s, like specifically 1980, and the artist that I'm going to talk about here is the first rapper to sign a major record deal. He signed with Mercury Records in 1979, and the first rap single that was released for commercial distribution was by Curtis Blow. It's called Christmas Rapid. Now I'm the guy named Curtis Blow, and Christmas is one thing I know. So every year, just about this time, I celebrate it with a rhyme. That's not the song we're talking about today, though, boys and girls. Basketball. They're playing basketball. We love that basketball. We're still not talking about that either. Oh. We're talking about the brakes. Brakes on the bus, brakes on the car. Brakes to make you a superstar. Brakes to win and brakes to lose. The Breaks sold over 840,000 copies. It peaked at number 87 on the Hot 100 and went to number 4 on the R&B charts and number 9 on the dance charts. So it was a big hit for the time. Now, remember, this is pre-MTV, and it was pre-MTV playing any music that wasn't, like, rock. It was, you know, there was no hip-hop, no soul music on MTV at all at this time. The most, most soulful they got was Hollow Notes. That was it. <laughs> so this, they didn't have the support of MTV or Top 40 Radio. So this song, kind of on its own, is one of those pioneer rap songs that when they start talking about most influential. So if you're looking like a timeline, this is definitely a strong timeline spot. Uh, because this is the first rap song that was on the Hot 100. All right. Um, we're going to take one more break, and we'll be right back. We're going to go around again. We're going to talk one more song apiece. Hang tight. Shall we play a game? Hi, I'm Joel McLaughlin, the most excellent host of Living in the Retro Arcade. If you're into video games from the 70s through current day, this is the show for you. We'll talk about technical aspects of the games as well as memories, the best that we can remember them. That's Living in the Retro Arcade, available on all popular podcast platforms.
welcome back to our last segment of this week's podcast where we're talking about some of our favorite rap songs of the 80s. Now, we did the disclaimer earlier. This is not a comprehensive list. These, We are not a panel of experts. We're just a bunch of guys sitting around reminiscing about some of the songs that we really like from back then. So, Matt, why don't you start us off on our next round and talk about... Uh, yeah. What you got there, bud? Yeah, your uh, your song you were talking about, how it had uh, all this all this success early on, and and, and listen, that was cute. That, that was cute. You know what what he was trying to do in the mainstream. That was cute. Uh, but there is a, a song that that that's, um, a, a little more open and open up the door for a whole genre, if you will. A little more popular. Well, was it some was it some crazy guys from? From from L.A. or New York? No, no. This cute little guy with a cute little group called Blade. So so there was a song that kind of uh, paved the way for for rap music, which I would have never really thought of this as paving the way to any genre or anything. But uh, it it it's, it was a rap, and it was by Deborah Harry, a group called Blondie. in 1980 and this was the first rap if you will uh, that made it to number one in the charts uh, and not only did it make it to number one in charts but it was one of the uh, the first I mean and, and, and I know you guys are struggling when I say this was a rap song mm-hmm. but but listen to the daggone song I mean you know when you got Martians eating cars and 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 it's just good stuff. That's straight rap music. It marches and cars and yeah, guitars, guitars and bars and there's a lot of rhyming. It was a lot of rhyming. <laughs> yes, she mentions Fab Five. Fab Freddy. Five, yeah, yeah, Fab Five Freddy, and, and uh, who's actually in the video? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I mean, so in in the this was the very first rap song to be uh, on MTV actually, and it was in the first. Uh, the the first ninety video rotation that they put out so from day one from mm. day one yeah so I mean it, it's this song for for whatever reason it, it was the first one to kind of like you know if it wasn't for Deborah Harry we wouldn't you know we wouldn't have Wu Tang Clan let's just let's just say what no. <laughs> Tupac Biggie none Tupac, of those guys they wouldn't exist they owe everything to Blondie <laughs> Tupac would probably still be alive if it wasn't for Blondie that's right absolutely. he became a star and got shot I mean people struggle with this being the rap song but but it's it's uh, it's fun I mean if if you if you haven't listened to it before listen to it because it's it's a great great little song. You know, when that song came out, I loved it. I thought this was such a cool song. What was very unique about that song, it's got that disco beat. Yeah. Uh, it's got a sort of a new wave sound. But it's also got, like, the guitars and the rap. Like, everything is packaged into this one song. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can pull that off, I mean, that's that's something special. Yeah. So, yeah, I dig it. There it is. Mike, how much do you love that song? I give it a two. That's the out of three, <laughs> out of 2.5? <laughs> yes. yes. It's a sad. good song. I just don't consider it a rap song. But there is, you know, I don't know, 10% of the song is rapped. So. Mm, that's, no, it's all rap. It's all rap. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all, all rap. All, yeah. All, yeah, I mean, it's not there, there's some singing in it. Yeah. Not much. Yeah, there's some. There's okay. some. But it's a majority rap. That's good stuff. Okay. All right. All right. Mike, if that's not rap, tell us what is. Well, I should have said this on the first one. Just like you, when we talk about rock and what's your favorite song, it's hard. So I went with, you know, the songs that I I thought were fun. You're shaking your head. Because I know you, what you're going to say. You know, what am I going to say? You just okay, do it. Well, Matt, do it. tell me. Tell me who this band is. You got Cool Rock Ski. Prince Marky D and Buff Love. No, nope. <laughs> that's the Fat Boys. I know. I thought you were going. I thought you were going. 
one of my favorite songs was Wipeout. I just can't with you. <laughs> That's what you come up with? Yes. He's been asking for the, this rap I, podcast for forever. I'm, expecting, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting like rhyming and stealing or uh, maybe rapper's delight. Just something that's... You Let me get this fruit. <laughs> wow, yes. That's not even low-hanging yeah. fruit. It's laying on the ground. It's <laughs> fell like, on the tree. It's like... Past ripe, it's like we're black picking banana. up apples off the floor of Lynn's fruit farm here. All right, so <laughs> tell us, tell us why this is your favorite okay. rap song. Well, I do have to say that in the late '80s, rap music kind of took a turn that well, I just couldn't relate to. Uh, whether you want to call it gangster rap or what, but really couldn't relate to that. But I always enjoyed what I would consider the more fun and upbeat. So. This is just coming off uh, Run DMC and Aerosmith's success um, with uh, Walk This Way. So the the Fat Boys tried to kind of mimic that, you know, kind of copycatter. So they reached out to the Beach Boys. Now, I would love to know how this conversation went. <laughs> so you're talking to Mike Love and uh, Brian Wilson, and you're like, so the conversation goes, we got an idea for you to bring you guys and make you more relevant. You're going to sing background to a song that's not even your song for this trio called the Fat Boys. <laughs> and they're like, the who was? Could you see the eight, their eight, the Beach Boys agent coming in? Like, okay, guys, close your eyes. Think about the Aerosmith run DMC thing. We've got you guys paired up with the Fat Boys. <laughs> oh, that's great. So the original song Wipeout um, was performed in 1963 by the Safaris. Um, The remake with the Fat Boys and Beach Boys did peak at number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100. So pretty successful song. The song itself is about uh, the Fat Boys that had just come off a three-year tour. And they're describing about heading out west with their surfboards, their beach balls, and in their packed limousine. Uh, once the fat boys get to California, they have fun on the beach and they're playing in the sand with the girls in the bikinis and making friends with beach boys. And then that night, they meet the real beach boys. So that's kind of the gist of the song. So they tried to follow up that song with Twist by Chubby Checker. <laughs> so do you remember? Yeah, yeah. I do remember it. And believe it or not, that went to number 13 on the Billboard Hot 100. <laughs> And because that one was so strong... It was what year again? 1989? I believe it was 89. Which doesn't surprise me that that time of the 80s, we are really... Like, the 80s was going out with a gasp versus momentum. Yeah. This is a hit song. Here's the twist. But then they even follow that up with the remake of the Kingsman song, Louie Louie. Now, unfortunately, it only peaked at number 89. Wow, I'm surprised it didn't go at least 14. <laughs> I know, 12, 13, 14. And, and I know you ridicule me a little bit for this selection, but one of my first musical influences, the Beach Boys. Growing up in the car, my dad played a lot of Beach Boys, and that was probably my favorite band in the you know mid-70s. You know, I'm not buying music at this point, and that's what I'm singing along to and at home. I'm putting an album on. That's what I'm listening to is the Beach Boys. I remember making up my little drum set and just pounding away. So you can make fun of me all you want. <laughs> but right here, deep inside, the Beach Boys have a little meaning. So. That's good. Well, the Beach Boys, yes. Yeah, but that what's that got to do with the Fat Boys except for this? Well, when they get together, it's, fan, it's poetry in motion. You know, sometimes a song will hit the top 40, and you're like, who in the world is buying this crap? We found out tonight. Yeah, I was yeah. buying it. <laughs> Mike and a bunch of eight and nine year olds were buying this. Um, wow. But you know what? I admire your guts to actually say that song in front of yeah, this. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I admire you. 
I just found it interesting to find out how they'd followed it up with a little chubby checker, the twist, and then yeah. following like, up with well, Louie and Louie. What other 50s, 60s group can we find? Well, so they, they found a form. They should have done Hang On That's Snoopy. right. They, they found, that would have been good. Oh, yeah. Been. Mm. But they, they found a formula, and it paid them. They, yeah. they made some money off of, mm. of some formula. Hey, let's do this, sample that, borrow this, boom, make some money. Let's try it again. How about a little Connie Francis again. and the Fat Boys? That would have been good. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear Dolly Where, where the boys movie. are, and then they come in <laughs> rapping. <laughs> So there you have it. I have I have others, but well, we'll talk about yeah. those here in a minute. Okay. I don't know if I want to hear them. <laughs> if that was the one he chose, I can't yeah. imagine why he didn't make the hopefully good ones. <laughs> oh my goodness, Kevin, save us! All right. So I'd already mentioned Roxanne, Roxanne by UTFO. Sure. So from the success of that song, there was a record producer, a promoter, and a DJ that invited them to a promotional show. They did not show up. And this this 14-year-old girl walked by, was hearing him kind of complain about how UTF kind of stood him up. And this 14-year-old, 14-year-old girl named Lolita Shante Gooden said she offered to make a rap song to kind of get back at them for not showing up. And the, the promoter said, yeah, sure, go ahead. So she writes a song under the name Roxanne Shante called Roxanne's Revenge. Why'd you have to make a record about me? R-O-S-A-N-N-E. Bought it. Did you? Yes. So <laughs> this was released released in late 1984. The first one came out in 84. So later that year, she comes out with her song. So it's, it's as if she's Roxanne in this situation. And she's kind of explaining all the reasons why she shot down these guys. So She's 14. She's mm-hmm. 14. Yeah, you see the video. She's got braces. One take. She did it one take. A seven-minute long song, one take. Pretty impressive. Wow. So the first guy that tried to pick her up in the original song, Roxanne Roxanne, was Kangle Kid. So she talks about Kangle Kid. She goes, I met a guy with the name of a hat. So, <laughs> so Kangle, yeah. And uh, she makes fun of him for being poor and always begging. And then she turns her attention to educated rapper and Dr. Ice. She makes fun of them for not being cute, not being great, and not knowing how to operate. Because <laughs> those 14 year olds know they're operators. They, yes, right. Hello. Uh, and then she goes back to m- making fun of Kangle for using Pig Latin. So this whole song is just ripping on him. So this was like one of, the, one of those like song and then a reply to it but then this kind of like a up. rap battle this yeah is, kind of yeah, like this a was a bigger bat bigger song than roxanne was yes and then from that there was like another well there's some people say 30 songs some say 100 of back and forth songs about roxanne so there's sparky's turn roxanne you're through uh <laughs> roxanne's doctor the real man <laughs> do the roxanne the parents of roxanne yo my little sister roxanne's brother Ice Roxanne by Little Ice. Roxanne's a man. <laughs> I remember and that one. Finally, someone came out with a, the final word. No more Roxanne, please. But Thank this went you. back and forth. And there's like 30 that were popular, but there was many more that were written that didn't quite get as much legs, but became this like really big thing known as the, the Roxanne wow. battle in the mid-80s. Yeah. Not as interesting as the Fat Boys. <laughs> Have you guys seen the the movie Roxanne Roxanne on Netflix? No. So it's it's a uh, it's a movie about really about Roxanne. Oh, it's a real life story. Yeah, I didn't watch so that. She grows up poor. She gets this record deal. Like, it tells a story Kevin was just talking about. That is so cool. It's I check really it out. good. And they take advantage of her, and she makes no money. Is that what basically happens? Uh, I think they kind of do, but she gets revenge. Okay, Roxanne's revenge. It's on Netflix. I want to watch this. There's your Thank you, Rob. There's your '80s recommendation for the week. There it is, yeah. Roxanne. 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 All right, so I will wrap it up, so to speak. <laughs> Oh, like awesome. I, you like what I did there, yeah. don't you, fellows? <laughs> that's as white <laughs> as it comes. Here comes Ted Knight. <laughs> My favorite rap song of 1984. <laughs> Actually. So the song I'm going to do was given to us by one James Todd Smith. 
otherwise known as LL Cool J. We know know him as more of an actor now, but us 80s people, we knew him when he was just a rapper. One song that just kind of has got like a great vibe to it, just really, really cool song, was I Need Love. You're as soft as a pillow and I'm as hard as steel. It's like a dreamland. I can't lie. I've never been there. Maybe this is an experience that me and you can share. Clean and unsoiled, yet sweaty and wet. I swear to you, this is something I'll never forget. I need love. This song, I heard it on the radio, obviously. And I thought, this is... Outstanding. This song went to number 14 in 1987. It was out in the summertime that year. And, well, summer, fall. And uh, it just, man, I just always liked that song. There's lots of songs I could have picked. But uh, this is probably my favorite rap song I can think of. This rap song had a more of a love song vibe than like a lot of them do. Yeah. This was this was a good song. That was a, yeah, that was a really good song. Now, I kind of wanted to use I'm the type of guy, <laughs> but it's probably not appropriate for this podcast, but it's super funny. It so is a good one. Just, uh, just take my word for that. <laughs> All right. So what are some songs that you guys, you know, in your looking and you're thinking about, okay, what, I can only narrow it down to two, what songs didn't quite make the cut for you? Mike, I know you've got a few. Bring it. You can take just about every single song off the license to the album. Yep. My top three, though, off of that album, No Sleep Till Broken Moon, Slow and Low, and Girls. Mm. Mine's Rhyming and Stealing. That's good, too. Yeah. I, I, I really thought you were going to go with a Beastie Boy song. I thought that was too low, Hanging of a Fruit. Oh, for <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what? Not- not quite as I left that out there not quite for as you edgy as the fat boys. I left that out there for you guys. Well, if we want to talk Beastie Boys, License to Ill, I got to throw in Brass Monkey. Oh, that brass funky monkey. monkey. Mm-hmm. I, I was uh, in the car today, and Intergalactic came on. Mm. Now it's a '90s yeah. song. That song mm-hmm. is so good, but it's so cool. Oh. Like they, they, I don't know. I, I can't remember which is which, but the one that kind of sounds like a spoiled brat. Just whenever he does his little thing, it just I just think it just sounds cool. I don't know what it is. Yeah, that that song is awesome. Yes, but uh, yeah, I would say that's that would be one of my favorites. Cool Modi, How You Like Me Now, or Wild Wild West. Hmm. Well, there you go. There was a song also, and I cannot remember who performed it, but it was called Rappin' Duke. Rappin' Duke. I got nothing, man. How about rapping Rodney? I was an ugly kid, always alone. No respect, no respect. Halloween, I had a trick-or-treat over the phone. No respect, no respect. Friends don't call, my phone don't ring. I don't get a break with anything. What's the matter, Rodney? Ah, death, where is my sting? It's just rapping Rodney. Ain't that your type? No, no. Rapping Rodney. Get out of sight. I forgot about that until just now he said that. It just triggered something. Rodney. That was good. Rapping Rodney peaked at number 83. Wow. Yes! So it was a it was a higher charting song than a lot of other rap songs. Yeah. Oh, man. I've got another one for you. Um The Boogie Boys yeah. had a song called Fly Girl. A fly girl, a fly girl. Yes, thank you. Forgot about that one. That was good. We could go redo the podcast and put that song in instead of that <laughs> No, good song. Yeah, that's great. One song I remember that I liked a lot, uh, and and I, I should, as we've done this, like as my memory goes back to being young, 14, 13, 14 years old, when I'm very first hearing rap, I remember being at the skating rink and they would play some rap music and one song that I remember being played is The Message by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Don't push me, call, I'm close to the edge I'm trying not to lose my head It's like a jungle sometimes It makes me wonder how I keep from going under 
I just thought that sounded so cool. This song, great club song, and I know Rob hates it, so I'm going to throw it out there. <laughs> Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock, it takes to that song of 1989. So go back and listen to our 1989 podcast. Okay. And those of you at home, feel free to listen to that too. <laughs> we've, we've archived 144 podcasts as of today. Goodness gracious. Episode 144. I'll do Amazing. something special for 150. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's mid-80s, maybe 86 I've you know been influenced by my two friends who have introduced me to some new new music. I'm driving around and I'm singing to the top of my lungs. Run DMC's "Proud to Be Black." You know I'm proud to be black, y'all, and that's a fact, y'all. And if it's trash, it was born, I take it back, y'all. It's like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Wow, that's a good one. So you got you like Run DMC. Yes, there are some other ones. It's like that. Um, it's tricky. My Adidas, mm-hmm. Rockbox, King of Rock, King of Rock. Mm, of course, he got that era. Aerosmith song, Walk This Way. You know, UB Illin. I always like that. One. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Friends by Houdini. Oh yeah, I mm-hmm. played that a couple weeks ago on the podcast. A little part where we're talking about you know, or just keeping a, our friends close, or just a friend by Biz Marquee. Passionate rap songs of the 80s. It is so awful that you, you can't turn it off. But we've all been there. We, we, we can relate to the guy. Yeah. I can relate in many ways. <laughs> the, the girl that shuns him not being able to sing or carry a tune. <laughs> uh, Other than the weight differential, you guys are pretty much one yeah, and the same. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Colors by Ice-T. Mm. It's in the movie mm-hmm. Colors. I am a nightmare walking, psychopath talking. King of my jungle, just a gangster stalking. Living life like a firecracker, quick as my fuse. Been dead as a death, back the colors I choose. Red or blue, cuz of blood, it just don't matter. Sucker died for your life when my shotgun scatters. Colors. The gangs of L.A. will never die. Just multiply colors. Colors. So I always like that one. It's one of the only rap songs that I can like give more than one line to. So when we started going to dance clubs, one that we always knew they were going to play was "The Roof Is On Fire." Let's make some noise! Let's make some noise! Come on! The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire! I didn't like that one, but yes, that was <laughs> always played. Freaks Come Out at Night, also by Houdini. Mm-hmm. That's Relating to that one, was yeah, that Those are some of our songs. Um, we're going to be back next week, continuing our conversation on rap music. We're going to talk about our favorite rap artists. 
So not just single songs, but artists that we look back now and say, that was good. Well, I'm anxious to hear more about the Fat Boys. Yeah, I can't wait. You never know if that'll pop up again. (laughs) That's right. Okay, so until next week, uh, we're going to close out with what has got to be the most classic rap song there is. In honor of our late friend Steve Wiggins, here is Sugar Hill Gang with Rapper's Delight. Guys, thanks. Take care. God bless. We'll see you next week. I said a hip hop, the hip the hip to the hip hip hop. You don't stop the rocket to the bang bang boogie. Say up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to beat. Now what you hear is not a test. I'm rapping to the beat. And me, the groove, and my friends are gonna try to move your feet. You see, I am Wonder Mike, and I like to say hello. We're white guys, and we take no crap when we deliver our white rap. We're white guys, and make no crap when we deliver our white White rap. Got a house out in the burbs, and I try not to act too much like a nerd. I got a white wife and two white kids and a brother-in-law who's on the skids. I got a bobo. I got a jazz. And secretly, we dress in drag.